and welcome to Talking Baseball. It is lockout season. No games, but we got some tidying up to do. We missed a couple things. Let's talk about them. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by DraftKings. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. In the middle, we have Trevor Fluke. And in the corner, we have producer B. B. D. Baseball locked out. Nada. Players are faceless. Nothing's going on. Baseball's dead. Jake, the coldest in the streets it's ever been. Yes or no? Mm. I think so. Baseball threw a late Hail Mary last night with some old-timer Hall of Famers, so I do love that. Uh, but, yeah, no, ba- baseball chilly in the streets right now, and I don't love it, but I do love being the number one CBA podcast in the world, brother, kind of like me holding my Bino belt that I'm putting on the line tomorrow night at 7 p.m. live on the tube. Uh, we're having a Bino tournament tomorrow, and I'm holding the belt till then. But uh, yeah, baseball a little chilly in the streets. Do you know how? Do you know how important this Bino tournament is tomorrow, Trev? It, the Bino tournaments are going to be an eight-person bracket. The winner gets the belt for two months. There's going to be a tournament every two months. Jake, we just got the belt, and Jake's technically the last winner. He only faced one opponent instead of a, a pool of eight players, but uh. I mean, he could lose it tomorrow night, and whoever wins it gets it for, you know, 60 days until the next tournament of eight. There will be a regular season in between to determine who makes it into the bracket, who's dancing. Mm. But, yeah, Jake's, like, got to really use this belt nicely because it's on the line tomorrow. Everyone can tune in. Uh, It's the John Boy and Jake TV YouTube channel. We'll be live streaming at 7 p.m. Jake's belt is on the line. Trevor, how are you? How was your weekend? James, Jacob, Big Big Don, guys, people in chat, what's up? Mm, what up? I want to be. Uh, this is a transparent pod. Ooh. Okay. Trans We're transparent pod. here. We're, yeah. So I was on the Bino website. Yeah. Just talking to you guys. I said, hey, I'm looking to buy a few Binos for Christmas. Mm-hmm. James, you looked at me, or you didn't look at me. You texted me and said. Let's wait till Tuesday. Let's bake that algo a little bit with old Bino. So mm-hmm. I will be ordering. Two Bino boards, uh, one for me and then one for a Christmas present. I watched something that I'm kind of upset that I didn't know you could do. On Bino's website, this dude was flying the sticks. He was lifting the ball up. Oh, he was yeah. kicking it over the defenders. I didn't know you could do that. Game over, boys. Next time I come into town... There's no defenders, essentially, if you kick it over them. Mm. The professional Bino guys are kind of out of control. Also, did you know that um, Cole Tucker's friends with the guys who invented Bino? And it's like not, it's kind of like a, they went to high school together and like Cole Tucker's like, you know, part of the Bino rise, basically. Yeah. And we didn't know that when we got the board. It just kind of happened. Love that. He's a, Yeah, he said he's a minority owner in it. Good for him, man. Pretty, pretty nuts. So make sure you tune in Tuesday night, 7 p.m. For now, <laughs> let's talk about the lack of baseball. I think uh, we, for this episode, there's a bunch of moves that happened. Um, 
Nick Martinez, Jordan Lyles, Rich Hill, Hunter Renfro, Paxton, Chris Taylor, Marcus Stroman. We're going to do that as a second part of the show because I think we got to just kind of talk about the situation at hand. Baseball's locked out. The owners voted to lock out the teams. Um, so we're a labor pot again. I don't know how deep we want to get into this, how not deep we want to get into it. I, I kind of have an opening question that might lead us into more stuff, and that is, as of right now, do you think we will miss games in the 2022 season? Trev, I'll ask you first. I do not think we will. It's it's um, my professional opinion here that – We've lost some games, you know, last mm-hmm. couple of years here. They don't want that to happen anymore. I think there's enough time here. We've been negotiating this thing for quite some time throughout the 2021 season. You know, I know the media portrays it where both sides are just completely so far apart, but I believe there'll be some headway made um, probably towards – February, something like that. It's going to be tough for guys to get the spring training and get all that in, uh, but I think it, I think it'll happen. I don't think we'll miss any games. Jake, I'm scared, guys. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm a little scared because everyone's been saying the, you know, yeah, both both these sides are going to figure it out come February. The part that scares me, unfortunately, is uh, I think both these sides keep saying that, expecting the other side to come down in February, which. I don't know. I'm just not confident enough in that. And I think, and this is where I got scared the other day, and I will say I do think we miss a couple games. I don't think it's a lot. But there's no hard deadline right now. And so we just saw it with all these free agent signings, and we're going to talk about the ones we missed at the buzzer. Stroman's a big one. Um, You know, we saw... We had two motivated sides to get deals done. Players wanting to get signed and teams wanting to get players in-house before this lockout. And we saw a lot happen up until that deadline. We don't have a deadline, and we just have two sides that think the other one's going to cave in, but they also don't like each other. So, like, the only thing that becomes a threat in an actual deadline is opening day. And that's kind of the lockout. But we saw between COVID and everything else – Like, pitchers need a spring training. So I'm just worried that with no actual deadline, we're going to get up to mid-March or, hell, up near April and say, okay, well, you know, we had to actually scare some games and cancel some games, but we need four weeks to get the pitchers ready. So I think that's going to be what's interesting and maybe they'll start flashing a real deadline and that'll be what changes things like maybe one side's going to throw out a february 14th deadline and that'll give us some action but as of right now until we get that i'm kind of i think we're going to miss a couple and run into like a buck 50 game season i right now i i think it probably won't surprise people i i I get myself ready for the worst so it when it comes it doesn't uh upset me and i'm like i was prepared for this uh, but I've been thinking about it, and I think we're missing games for sure because neither side sees both sides aren't trying, to, in my opinion, I would guess from the way we've seen these sides deal with each other before, are they're seeing this February 1 deadline, uh, quote-unquote deadline, as we got a cave by then, but they're saying I can't wait to prove to them that we won't cave by then. 
I think they're both preparing to like be excited about being stubborn and being like, we will not let that affect. And then what are you going to do then? Then you need like two weeks of proving to each other that you're not going to cave before you even start doing anything in good faith. I mean, the way that they're, the things that we've been hinted at, Rob Manfred's like, Rob Manfred's address to the public, uh, just blatantly lying, is a bad start. Like Rob Manfred putting in writing, we were forced to lock out the season. Well, it's just a very liberal use of the word force because no, you weren't. You voted to. Like Jameson Tyone tweeted, they didn't have to do a lockout. They could have negotiated and like put a halt to things while they were negotiating. And then I still could use my trainer that I've been working with. But because MLB decided to lock the players out, uh, now I can't use the facilities in the place where I've been rehabbing this whole time. Like they didn't have to do that. So MLB's uh, Manfred's opening address was just so bad. And it, and it, it's for people who are in the know. It's like, oh, no. You're just lying. It's like when uh, someone scams your grandma and you're like, your grandma starts falling for it. And you're like, no, this guy's not. This guy's grandma. full of shit. Like, how could you? How could anyone fall for this? Damn. That was like the tone of Manfred's letter. I'm, I'm choosing to be um, positive here and optimistic because I've been a part of these talks for so long and they are so negative and we're getting back to stuff we talked about uh when we were a labor pod uh, back was that 2020 yeah yeah the two sides don't like each other and i'm going to say this again because i think it's very important um the thing that's drilled into the players all the time is that jerry reinsdorf once said the owner's biggest mistake in 94 was not being willing to sit out for two years so that has been drilled into the players' heads. And that is why, you know, this li- the licensing checks that we're supposed to get from all the MLB-logoed stuff gets put away for years prior to CBAs being up. There's a big war chest of money. And there w- and like I said, like, think about that. You're willing to wait two years. I think we missed some games then. I am looking at a chart here. Uh, there's been some work stoppages before. Only three times we lost games. They've all been because of a, sh- a strike. 72, 81, and 94. Every time there's been just... Um, I, don't, I don't know if lockouts always uh, precede strikes. I'm not sure. Uh, but anytime there's just been a lockout, we have not lost any games. So I'm, I'm hoping these two okay. sides can come together. Me too. I but that. I mean, you guys, you guys are right to be pessimistic. I'm choosing to be optimistic because I don't want to think about that. It's, it's just people need baseball. We need baseball. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that um, all the numbers were good last year. Like it's a thriving and all, and like exciting. Uh, I think the streaming was up. I think the age demographic went down. You got young studs. You got Otani, who's the biggest international sensation in the game probably has ever had. I mean, he's got to go a couple more seasons, but I think it's fair to say that he has... He's on route to, on route Ichiro to be. Ichiro probably... Ichiro, but I mean, if Otano does, Otani right. does another year of what he just did. Yeah. I mean, one MVP. The money is the money is good in baseball. I think the main thing is what they're trying to figure out 
and this is pretty difficult, it really is, it's the distribution of that money. And where should it go? And who should get what? Now, if you look, the team team franchise values have risen tremendously over the last 10 years, over the last 20 years. Player salaries really haven't changed at all. So that's not good. If you really look at the numbers and where those franchises are going and, and the way pay, players are paid right now, yes, I know they just showed us half a billion dollars uh, the Rangers just spent and all this stuff happened. That's not – this isn't who – this uh, lockout is about. It's not about the top end 1% players. Like those guys are going to get paid regardless and teams are happy to pay those guys. They're also happy to pay uh, major league minimum to guys. It's about the guys in the middle. The guys that, you know, spend six years in the minor leagues and then are up and down for five years in the big leagues, never really getting anything. You know, major league minimum, it's good. I get it. If you're making $500,000, a normal person would really, really like that. But remember, this is only for a certain amount of time. And if you're getting sent up and down, up and down, you're actually not making the major league minimum. It's it's about those guys. You need to be get basically what the players want. I think in the end, like the best case scenario is up the major league minimum, get guys to free agency faster, because teams are paying for these paying you know pennies on the dollar compared to worth like value for these guys when they're young. And then when players finally can get to the point where they can make some coin and actually make what they're worth, they're done. They're out of the league. Teams get rid of them. And that's the, that is the root problem of what's going on. That's what the PA is trying to fix right now. And that's, I, I think, I think what's going to be interesting. Like we let's, Put a lot of our cards out there. We're obviously pro player. We we have a lot of relationships with players now. Uh, not a ton with owners, but we we're also fans of baseball. Like we became fans of baseball because we watched watched a lot of great players, a la Trevor Plouffe, play the game. And now we're we're into this world. Um, they want to play ball, and you're right. They obviously have issues, and this is a contract. But baseball players want to play baseball. Like that's the end of the day. They want to make a little more money while doing it. That makes sense. They want to hit free agency earlier, sure. It's finding out what makes sense from both sides. And I think everyone thinks that the owners are going to come to the table more aggressively because some of the COVID stuff. We we talked about it how, you know, a lot of these a lot of these people have their projections for the next couple of years. They didn't ex- expect the COVID year. How hard did a lot of them really get hit, especially when you start talking about some of these teams where ownership Bought a bunch of restaurants around around the stadium and stuff like that. So I think we'll start. We're pretty good at at hearing the whispers. Like if things start really getting aggressive, maybe end of January, early February, I think that means the owners are motivated to get this done, and and both sides will figure it out. February is really the pivot month for me because we know how much of this stuff goes back and forth in the media, and I think you also have to tie it to the sports world, right? I believe the Super Bowl falls right around Valentine's Day this year, if not on Valentine's Day. It's a late Super Bowl, no? Another week in the football season this year. Ah. And so, you know, those – and maybe it's those final two weeks when the Super Bowl is over. If we don't have a lot of updates, what do we see going across in the media? Is it kind of – I don't want to say slander campaigns, but are we working <laughs> towards something or are we not? Because, you know, if March 1 becomes a line in the sand – I think everyone can kind of make that work. Like, pitchers will complain because they always do, Trev, am I right? These pitchers. But um, I, I don't know. I think 
I think that time of year we're really going to know if we should be scared or not. Yeah. What do you feel about Manfred's quotes? Uh, his one quote was, the worst thing that happens is when we lose players in free agency. <laughs> Which, I don't know if I... He said that's the most negative reaction they get is when people leave for free agency. Which, hold on, I agree I agree with. And, and, and I've talked quote. about on this... It's a weird way he's going about it, but I've talked about it a lot. Like, I like when guys stay with one city their whole career when they're good. I liked when Maurer did that. I liked how Jeter did that. I think Freddie Freeman should do that right now. Like, I hope Tatis gets locked up. I do think that's better, but but the way he's spinning it is that to do that, you you have to like hurt the player's earnings and keep him under cost controlled years for longer. When that's there's different ways to do it. Like I agree, the end result should be try to get guys to one city. I think it's better product for the fan and the city. But we've talked about this a lot. How do you incentivize teams? to bring back stars for what they were what they're worth. Now this was the thought behind the qualifying offer that when you offer a guy the qualifying offer that's a way to incentivize a team to keep a star because if if he doesn't accept it then you lose uh, a draft pick um and you're paying him the average blah 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 but it really it really backfired on the the players the way the qualifying offer set up it's the owners manipulated it. And that, and that's, that's the big thing. The owners are really smart, and the GMs and the front offices are really, really smart. They're not putting the PA down, but I don't think the PA has the brain power and, and the amount of people. We're talking about 30 teams with rooms of smart Ivy League college grads and can, a ton of money. And a ton of money to manipulate whatever rules the PA sets. So when the PA sets these rules, they just don't have those kind of resources to be like, hey, run a mock season, run a mock five years with this and see how it can be manipulated. And I think that's why the CBA is going to be a little scared with whatever they set because it'll all be well, manipulated the same way again. That's The thing is, it doesn't matter what language is in the CBA the owners and the people who are running the teams, they pull the strings. They they're the ones that make the moves with the players. They ha- they're the ones that sign the players. They're the ones that bring them up and down. They're the ones that decide when they're ready. Like player does players or the PA that has no, they can't do that at all. So it doesn't matter what language or what rules are put in. Like you said, James, the owners can look at it and say, okay, this is how we're going to, I mean, for back of, uh, a lack of a better term, manipulate this. Let's find the loopholes. Let's find where we can take advantage of it. Look, it's business. Like that's what, that's what they can do. Like they're allowed to do that if it's within, you know, the laws of the CBA and the rules of the CBA. So really it's 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 tough for players because like you said, like there were some things put in in 2016 that were supposed to be, you know, for for the players and to help parity and all this stuff and in, instead the owners turned them all and basically created a, a soft cap with the competitive balance tax tax. They turned the qualifying offer into basically, Hostage you know, yeah, like there, it's it's gone awry, and it but it's not because can I, the brain can I, power is so much better. It's because when you are the ones making the decisions, you can take a look at the CBA and then decide how. Oh, all right, this is how we're going to approach this. The players and the association really, once the CBA is done and signed, there's not much you can do. 
Yeah, just to just to expand on the, the qualifying offer. So it was supposed to make teams offer stars that were leaving contracts to keep them on the team. Problem is, it's only a one-year deal, and what players want the most is long-term deals. And the problem was, now, if a guy leaves, he's got a draft pick attached to him. So we saw in 2019 spring training when they had to make that free agent camp. It was any player that had a draft pick attached to him, like Keiko. When Keiko went to, oh, my God, when Keiko went to the White Sox, or was it the Braves? When Keiko went to the Braves, whatever year that was, he didn't get signed until after the MLB draft because no team thought he was worth a dra- losing a draft pick to sign him. So the qualifying offer that the Astros extended him killed his free agency. Kimbrell. Like, and Kimbrell absolutely obliterated it where he then didn't get a contract and didn't play for two months because they would rather just get him on for cheap and not lose it. So, I mean, that's how the qualifying offer, which was it put in place to do what we're asking, have stars stay in their city. It just completely, like, ruined the middle-tier middle, middle tier player. Well, and I, yeah. I think that, like, those guys, those are still upper-tier. Like, Trev, you mentioned the middle-tier we still need to figure that out, and I, I know sometimes we reminisce about Yankees teams that had guys like Tim Raines and guys like that on the bench. Um, and, you know, we have a couple ex-ball players in John Boy Media now that, you know, I 2018, would I, I would have rather given, you know, Trevor Plouffe a little bit of quiche than find out some rookies. But right now, the cost equation, they'd rather try out the kids. And this, this is the one where, uh, obviously, I'd say this, we're pro player, we're closer to that. Um, I'm a ball player, uh, blitz ball. The average MLB salary went down from 2019 to 2021. Like, just think about that. Like, I, I know, like, zoom out a little bit and just think about any company, any organization. If you're making money, like, that's something you should take pride in. I, I know, you know, we're a, a smaller company, but, you know, we one of the happiest days me and, me and Jimmy had uh, last year, two years ago, was when you know the company started going again, and we can we could give everyone like bonuses and raises and stuff like that was exciting for us. Uh, to see that from 2019 to 2021, the average salary dropped 4.8 percent. Like everything else is going up, so like we you gotta figure that out. You gotta figure that out because everyone and you know I see it. Sometimes the chat starts going. We get caught up in the Scherzers and some of those guys. Those aren't the norm. Nor, Far from it. Nor the problem. Yeah. Yes. But they but they get the no. most press and and like you the and headlines. and you predict you predicted it, James, when you said this is just as a such whole a joke, a shiny thing to su- show people. As such a joke. I predicted that as such a joke and then he literally said exactly what I said and I I tweeted it as such a joke because Obviously, you can't do that because the world isn't that dumb. Ed Manfred put it in there. But it's true. I mean, we still have people caught up on, well, Scherzer's making all this money. No one is fighting for the richest of the richest of the richest of MLB players. They are getting their worth. We're fighting for the dudes who get run out of baseball when they still have a lot to offer the game because the situation is it's much cheaper to pay a rookie 500 grand and 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 shrug and say hope oh, he's ready 
than to pay the guy who you know can help contribute to your team what he's worth at that point. So we're just in this cycle of six years of cost control, uh, three team control, three arbitration, and then you better be upper echelon by the time you come out of that six-year window. Otherwise, you're going to flounder. And that's you're gone. And that's not because there's a lot of people that, that come out of that six-year window that aren't the upper echelon. They're not the Scherzers. They're not the Chris Taylors. Even. Most of them. Mo- most yes. of them. But they're still better than – the kids in their first window. So, and and if that's the equation, like, I don't blame the owners for manipulating it. I really don't. That's where I think I might differ, like, because they're businessmen. So I understand that. And it's, for some players, it's like, well, this kid might be pretty good, and he's uh, 16th of the cost. So what, what they're trying to do is just change it so it's not that easy of a decision for the owners and the GMs. And it's a little harder and say, well, you know, let's get the guy who can help us right now and not shrug. And it's not one sixteenth of the cost. That's my opinion. I, I, cause I understand that in the parameters set, they're businessmen. And like, do you want to roll You're the playing dice? A game. Do you want to roll the dice on Anduhar to repeat his rookie of the year nominee season? Or do you want to spend 300 million on Machado? Like wrong decision at the time, but I understand but that's the thought process that the last CBA given them. So that's what the CBA and the players union are trying to change now. So I got to go soon. You guys know that I gave the, gave the out, but I totally agree with everything you just said. You know, it's, it's about those middle tier players, guys that have risen through the grind and have made it. And it's like their turn to like get paid what they're actually worth or even close to it. And then they're gone. And I want to make a point. You said three years of league minimum, three years of arbitration, and then you get free agency. The average Billy career is like three years. <laughs> it's like before you even get to arbitration. And that's not to even think about. You get drafted out of high school. I believe there's five years before they even have to put you on a roster or I think it's four years before they have to put you on the 40 man. Then there's three years of options there that they can send you up and down with no penalty. And then you have the three and three it's, it is, you are under team control and making, I mean, we know that what the minor leagues makes, it's nothing. You are, you are losing money essentially to play in the minor leagues. Most of the time they control you for a good 12 years. Yeah. So that's freaking nuts. So Clint Frazier, you reach the apex of your profession of a highly lucrative profession, you reach it, you do well, and then they kick you to the curb. It's brutal. Clint Frazier has played in parts of five MLB seasons. Not He's had a lot of injuries, and that, that hurt him as well. But he also rode the bus up and down like so often. And sometimes it was performance-based, but I'm just trying to make a point here. He played in parts of five seasons, and he has accrued three years of service time. Uh, so th- the fact that they can manipulate that—I mean, they did it with Brandon Drury, the Yankees. They've done it with—they did it with Tommy Canely, where they just send you down because you have an option, and then you're not accruing service time, and then that pushes your free agency back. Like I remember, they pushed Brandon Drury; they kept him in AAA for like. 30-something days. It's like the maximum rehab assignment length uh, yeah, and then some because more. Because that made him 
uh, under contract for one more full season, which come arbitration, basically those five extra days you kept him in the minor leagues, you cost him uh, come arbitration a couple million dollars because that's just the control they have. So that's the major issue here. It's, it's nothing to do with the high line players and numbers. And that's, you know, we, yeah. we say Clint Frazier, we throw him out there. That guy's, you know, he was a top top five draft pick. Like, he's also almost not the norm. Like, that guy, you know, we we don't even picture picture him that way. But, yeah, and just the other thing, and I guess this would be my counter to Uncle Rob about guys changing teams, go check out your relief pitcher situation around baseball because this is what teams are doing. If you have a reliever who's maybe in his third or fourth year with a team, a guy you're getting pretty familiar with, he might be getting ready to make $1.5 million. Good amount of money, right? Well... They can have three rookies make 500k and hope they're as good as that guy. So that's the kind of cost analysis equation that these front offices are doing that honestly kind of makes sense as a business, but that would be increased player movement, wouldn't it? Don't we want to keep these guys on teams so fans don't get sad? I want to I have to I really have to go this Derek <laughs> in the chat Derek in the chat said, I sound out of touch because 500K for only a few years is 10 times the salary of any Americans. I understand 500K. Well, you got to take into account the window. Tell him, Trev. Take into account, there's, you're not making that for the rest of your life. You also just went to the minor leagues where you were losing money. You were living below the poverty wage there. Okay. You have to give all that up. And guess what? People aren't going to like me saying this, mm. but playing in Major League Baseball is an expensive lifestyle. You have to have an apartment for six months. You have to find a rental apartment in spring training for two months. Teams don't pay for any of that. You have to ship your cars. You have to pay for your family to come to the games. If they want to, if you want to see your family at all, you got to pay for flights for them. Then you got to tip the clubhouse staff. You have to pay your dues. You have to pay your agent fees. You have to pay taxes. Like you, you think you're going to come away with five hundred grand if you're lucky on five hundred grand. Half of that's gone already because you're in the top tax bracket. It's gone. Okay. And then you have to pay for all this stuff. And yeah, and, and you still have bills and all this. Like you're lucky to save. I don't even know. It's not, it's not like these guys are making out like bandits on 500 grand. They're just not. It's an expensive freaking lifestyle. More that's just yeah. part of it. You can, yeah. It's very hard to make it a not expensive lifestyle. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. There are, I mean, it is a lot of money for a job. I think the, the, the shelf life is, is more. Sure. What what I land at there, like you said, the average. They're just not going to keep all that money either. Like, like it's not like you just get this in the bank. You train and and they 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 make you lose money training for this profession. You know whatever they pay you shit, and that's what they need to fix the minor league system. But it's more just a shelf life. Like a lot of guys are earning money. Yeah, I, the, the shelf life is the main thing, but I can itemize all your expenses to be a professional baseball player things they expect you to do hiring trainers in the offseason finding facilities and they want you to eat right but they don't really feed you right so it's like there are so many things man trev can you uh you keep mentioning you have to go you said you had a heart out of one do you want to tell the people where you're heading i'm going to (laughs) no i don't really want to because that's going to make me sound bad but i am going to las vegas for a charity event yes Yes. Um, doing some uh, golf thing out there with some former big leaguers, Tory and Griffey, which would be really cool. I don't even know if they know I'm coming. I'm kind of like crashing this thing, yes. so that'll be fun. Joe Tory, your media. 
I know. Joe Tory? No, Tory with two eyes. All right. Yeah. Tory Hunter. Former Ever heard teammate. Of him? I like Tory Hunter. Teammate. I was more excited. I thought it was going to be Joe Tory. Um, last thing I want to say before I go shout out uh, Jim Cott, Tony Oliva, all the other guys, Buck O'Neill. Um, there's a bunch of guys that got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Very proud of all those guys. I love Tony Oliva. I gave a story on Baseball Today about him. One of the best dudes in baseball ever. Out of all those guys, which one do you think shaves his pubes the best? You know I love Cuban ball players. Let's go, Tony O. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice. Tis the season to perform. Mm. You don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Mm. When's the last time you were in a stocking stuffing Show competition? Show everyone your white elephant, BBD. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's over 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash talking. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Tom Ace has a really good point in the chat. We met Tom. Nice guy. Good dude. I dedicated a game to him. Um, He said, ha, 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 ha. Cot lets it grow. And, like, that's obvious. Just so obvious. ATO. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. We'll get him some manscaped. Before we move I mean, on. He lived in a van, I think, so. Or, like, a camper. I think his, him and his wife RV'd. Not ideal situations for manscaping. Before we move on to the, the next topic we want to do, because there's some stuff we got to catch up on. Sure. Um, just while we're on the labor discussion... An example of a guy just to show how long a team can just control you and you're not in control of your career. Again, not to be Yankee centric, but they're the team I'm more most aware of. Sure. I mean, Higgy, our guy, mm-hmm. he was drafted out of high school in the seventh round. Did like wasn't added to the forty man until he had to be, and he was an up and down third guy. Now he's going to be thirty two years old this year, and he just entered arbitration for the first time. So, in theory, three more years he'll be thirty five. The first year he has like his own choice. If he, if that happens, man, they like protected him from rule five. I mean, Higgy's not like a slugger or, mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's just wild that in all his time, he's never once been able to like maybe a new team. It's an it's not an option. It's not he's, an option. He's kind of the case study for this is how long they could keep you. How long? Out, out of high school, he was drafted. I don't believe he went to college. So eighteen. So from 18, then whatever the number of years there. He's going to be 32 in April of this year. So not that he maybe never wanted out, but that's wild. Like we're talking 14 years. Think about how many jobs where, you've had until you're 35. Where, where Similarly, he, he Lucas can't, Lickie just hit arbitration. Like if I want to play baseball, it's with this team, and I have no say. That's kind of wild. Hmm. All right, you want to talk about some of this, some of these signings? I think so, right? Yeah. Do you? Um, some of them. Yeah. Like not a lot of them, to be as honest as I can. Like it, we open up Padres. There's two signed, big ones. Padres signed Nick Martinez four year, twenty mil deal. Like no, nice little story, but yeah, I think two big boys came off the board. Marcus Stroman. 
three years, 71 mil with an opt-out after the second. I read somewhere that, like a joke, it was like, they just asked for what Verlander got, but in half. But is it not even no, in it's half? The same. No, it's the, the first it's the two same. years is 250. He got with it's, Verlander. It's so that joke was wrong. With a bonus year. Yeah, he's the option if he for wants the third it. year. Yeah, I saw so many different reactions to this signing because I think he's a hot rod on Twitter where people were saying it was an overpay, and then people were saying, oh, he didn't get nearly what he wanted. It's a pretty good contract. Pretty good signing. Yeah, I mean, you just – so, A, I'd be fascinated to know how the coming up on the timeline and the buzzer <laughs> affected his free agency because uh, you're right. I'm guessing both sides of that argument would be, you know, there's there's a pretty good conversation that uh, – Marcus Stroman could have got f- five years, four or five years, but he does get really good money. Um, he's getting twenty five per these next two years. That's uh, you know, that is big boy money. So, I mean, congrats to Stroman in that way. And I think the team was also su- surprised in the Cubbies. Yes, it makes you think about what they're doing in like you like kind of like my favorite gift that no one knows of Sean Wallace, where he's mm. kind of thinking and then his eyes twinkle and he goes, huh. Mm. That famous Sean Wallace. Wallace Sean. Cuz are the Cubs the Cubs aren't going to not get anyone else. Why would you give 50 million right for the next 2 years if you're not trying to compete? So, I did one of my classic Jakey deep dives into this Cubs roster. I mean, top classic to bottom. deep dive uh, hours of your life. Really investigating what's going on here. Yes. I think next year is their find out year. They had a couple guys. They had Frank Schwindel kind of went nut job for a little bit. What's Frank Schwindel about? Um, they had Patrick Wisdom go nut job last year. Um, Nico Horner, again, big prospect for them formerly of the compound. Like, what's he really about? So uh, our guy Nick Madrigal should be with them next year. So I think next year for the Cubs is when kind of— When you say next year? 2022? This coming, this, this coming, coming season. season. I think we say this year. This year for the Cubs, I mean, 2022, it's 2021. I think there's a conversation to be had there easily. The next baseball season, this baseball season? We're Has in the a, calendar we're in a weird area here, but I would... The I, thought you were, I thought you were talking about 2023, so that's why I was going to... The 2022 like, Cubs. Rafael Ortega, go look at his stats. No, refuse. You'd like them, though. Okay. I think it's kind of the Cubs want to find out where they actually land, and then they'll have Stroman for that year, and then they can make aggressive Cubs moves. But at the same time, well, there's they could l- use a short There's stop. rumors that I believe and don't believe all the same that they, they were linked to Correa, stop. that they reached out to him. They could use a guy like that. Um, and they also made that sneaky Wade Miley move at the beginning of all of this. So they added Stroman and Miley, which Stroman, Hendricks, Miley, I don't think that should scream to anyone about like a top three. But Alec Mills. Alec Mills is currently their five starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Adbert Alzale as the four. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that. That's just stupid. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Again, Cubs, Cubs fans, you guys let me know a little better. I know our, our Jill. Jill's an all-star Cubs fan. Jill H. Uh, so, yeah, I uh, good for Stroman. I think they got to go get other people now. I mean, do they get Bryant back? Do they get Correa back? How big do they go? But they can't stand Pat. If you give a guy 50 mil for the next two years, you're kind of declaring 
we're opening a window here. Well, like, the, you're not. You're just like kind of like sneaking the window open, and then like people are noticing it because. What are you doing? What'd you do with the window? You just you're not slamming it open right. like this. Like you're just kind of like slowly opening it. Well, the other wild card in Cubs land is Wilson Contreras. There's trade rumors around him. We've seen the catcher market, and they signed Jan Gomes. So there's a conversation there. Are they waiting for the DH? And Wilson Contreras can be a kind of catcher DH type, or do they plan on moving Contreras and either getting another arm? And you know, I would we be sh- shocked if they did another like Jock Peterson type thing where they sh- sign a guy to one year and hope he clicks for a little bit? I I, I think that's where the Cubbies are going to land. Um, I had that moment of I don't want to say fear, but like if the Cubs get in the shortstop game, like the prices go back up. But I don't think they are. I think they are. You think they are? How long do they have Magical for? Next five years? He's playing second base. I know. How long do they have him for? A while So Well they also have Horner Who is like a big time prospect And they currently have him penciled in the short So I think this year might be a Horner or Madrigal One of you guys is going to stick I don't think they can do that Okay Like if you're giving Stroman 25 mil For this upcoming season You should try to win around him Otherwise Why did you do that? Coming into the offseason, there were like rumors around the fringes about Cubs potentially being involved in the shortstops too, and everyone thinks they have a chance to bring back Rizzo, who's you know not not his his best form, but he's still very much a high quality MLB nice. player. So they can they can do stuff, and there's yeah, he gave like a big heartful stuff goodbye. You just move on. Yeah. What if the Yankee thing just becomes a a blip? I think the Yankee like, thing will be a blip. Like the parents got divorced and then he's, but they actually got back together. Like remember that? that remember that year. month that Separated dad was for like seven months. Dad was last year. Dad was sleeping at Uncle Gary's. What was that about? <sighs> Said he had back complaints about the mattress, but that didn't seem right. My back's been killing. He could have just slept downstairs. He likes the bed downstairs. <clears throat> sure, Rizzo Gary can go so back, but. I think they did a whole goodbye. People cried. Showed up at the door drunk. People cried. People did cry. But people cry. Oh, all the time. Cubs, do a little more. Because, I mean, these moves still don't have the Cubs messing with the Brewers or the Cardinals, really. Yeah, not really. But, I mean, Vogelback's off the Brewers now, so. Ooh. So where's he going to go? That's the rest of the episode. Where will Dan Vogelback go? I follow him on Instagram. Pretty good follow. Yeah? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out where he's going to go. Right now. Okay, the three of us get to give our Vogelback predictions. It needs to be a place that already has a big guy. He can't be the only big guy. Wow, Yankees. You have Vogie to the Yanks. Insane. I'll go... Spring training invite. I'm going to go Seattle. BBD? Back to Seattle? Bogey's going back. Organizations like him. Back, back, back to where I... Mm. Deep in thought. Until Jimmy said Yankees, I was thinking about the same thing, like a minor league invite situation. You go Yanks, too. No, because now I don't believe in it. Okay. 
I never believe to be mean. That. So no pick. No, no pick. pick. I'm okay. Out. Good prediction. Prediction pod. I don't think BBD is going to get it right. <laughs> it's a tough <laughs> man. I don't think he's going to get every that chance one. in the world. <laughs> The other one is Chris Taylor, four years, $60 million. We have a note here that says GSJ's mad about it. Who said that? In our notes, it says GSJ's mad about it. Oh, I don't, why do we don't speak about the hush, man. Um, good for the Dodgers? Good for the Dodgers. Good for Chris Taylor. Belly had a silly belly video that was going around the internet the other day where he called them money bags or something like that. It was good. Um. Yeah, I think we all kind of did the turkey math on this That with Seager gone With Scherzer gone The Dodgers having money and still wanting to pay players It seemed like this linked up And I think it ties into the Stroman conversation a little bit uh, Chris Taylor did have the qualifying offer attached That I did. I do think Scared teams away a little bit And there was also rumors That he really wanted to return To LA Why would you not? So when you put That team seems so close and so fun And he just plays wherever he wants And they're always in the postseason When you put all of that in the bucket It was like yeah Chris Taylor was going back And I think there was an initial reaction From every contending team Because every contending team Would have a spot for Chris Taylor Because Chris Taylor plays every, every position spot. Yeah um, that it was like 15 mil a year, Chris Taylor, he could have been a fit here. Yeah, but I think he wanted to go back to L.A. The did you think was he was going to get more? I kind of did. I thought the number was going to drop. I I tweeted like right before he signed because they said he was signing, but they didn't have the numbers yet. I thought there was a chance we got like a four for 80 or maybe even a little more just because I thought as the free agents started to go and like I said, supply and demand, a lot of teams wanted Chris Taylor, uh, but I think the qualifying offer took a couple teams out of the running. Uh, that it kind of landed. I think a lot of people were kind of expecting the four for sixty. Good for him, man. I know we like telling the good stories of baseball players, but like he was, he was a DFA kind of spit around guy, right? They were done with him. Turner, Do- Muncie, sw- swing class crew. Dodgers, Dodgers are the class. original reclamation team. Should we do a Dodgers swing class shirt that's just like swing? It's people swing dancing and there's baseball stuff on it. And uh, what's the guy, Vanskoyak? Vanskoyak. Whatever his name is. He's the instructor. Vanskoyak. Vansqueeze me. Okay. What do you know about uh, Scott Kamenicki? Scott Kamenicki was a ball player. Yes. He was. Third base? Uh, he's a pitcher. So. Who am I thinking? I was thinking of Ken Caminetti. I used to always switch the letters there. Oh. Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. I mean. I explained myself. In other news, James Paxton. Didn't we? Did we talk about this? Red Sox signed James Paxton. One year, $10 on, million. We did on talking Yanks. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Red Sox also, Red Sox got a grab bag of pitchers. They got James Paxton, Rich Hill, and wasn't there Waka. another one? And Waka. They already have a solid one through four, so one of those guys, they'll get innings out of those three somehow. And I think this was buried about uh, the Paxton deal because he is coming off TJ, 
and I don't think he's expected back till midseason. So we've done a lot of our TJ talk on here. There's a club option for the next season. That makes a lot of sense. That's so, a good Tommy John deal. I think uh, you'd think that might be uh, that might be a bigger factor in it than next year, but interested to see. Because yeah, I they they are expecting uh, Waka and Hill to pitch innings for them, major league innings next year. Paxton, I, I think they have it as like if we do see a midway through next year, cool. But if not, we have that club option if we want it. Does Paxton have incentives? Because isn't his Seattle deal? Wasn't it like every ten games and he only pitched one? So did, I don't know what his incentives are, but he can get up to three million incentives. And there's some funk. It's some funky option stuff because it. I can't tell if it's like a, one of those weird two year things, and then he gets a player thing. But there's two option years after this year for thirteen each. And then it becomes a player option for four mil next year if the Red Sox decline the thirteen mil. So let's say you get to the ten mil guarantee. Interesting. So this was a Red Sox specific show. I'd be all over that. Well, head there. Head to. That's the type of contract you like. I know. I, they're so bizarre. I don't think he made any money. Last so year. how much is he going to get this year? His salary this year is six million. He has a ten million dollar guarantee because it's with the buyout. Because uh, it's a yeah buyout slash so option. Just a a little Player little inside into the price decide. of starting pitcher. James Paxton might get ten mil this year for kind of nothing. Oh, be good and get Tommy John. You get Tommy John guaranteed ten mil. Yeah. Do you know who won the two thousand and twelve award of excellence in in sports law? I don't. As Dick Moss. Mm. Sure was. Dick Moss. I feel like we've talked about Dick Moss. Probably. Before. It's. I mean, you're not going to come across that name and not talk about it. And then he looks like the clown. No, he looks like the dead guy in uh, Doctor. What's the game where you try to play Doctor? Is it called Doctor? Operation. Operation. He looks like that guy. That's all the signings. Unless there's some I missed. No, I mean, there's other small ones and some trades. Do we have another? Yeah, DraftKings. Oh. The main advertiser presenting the, main the show. main event. What do you think the odds are for you to win uh, the title tomorrow in Bin Hill? You only had to beat me last time. Now you got to beat three other people. Can we get them to get Bino bets for the next tournament? Yeah, I just. I think we can. Do we have to sign like a comp- competition act? Something. Like, in good faith, we will play Bino to our yeah. best abilities, and we won't, like, rig it. Players competing. We'll talk to them. Okay. Well, for now, before you can bet on our Bino tournament, which is Tuesday at 7 o'clock, you're just going to have to bet $1 on uh, an NFL game for a team to score, and then you win $100 free dollars in bets. How about that? Mm-hmm. A single point gets scored, you get $100 in your account that you can use to bet. And if you take 50 of those dollars and you bet it and then you win a million dollars, you cash out. Now you've won a million dollars and you only put down $1. Wow, great bet. 50 bucks down to win a million? Would love to know what the odds were there. Mm-hmm. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Bet $1 on any team to score. 
and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code JOHNBOY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. The gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Grandy Man to manage the Mets? Yeah, I think... Uh, you don't say? I don't think. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's... Hey, if he does, good for him. For me, that's always one of those, like, dude, you made a lot of money playing baseball. You've got a pretty sweet TV gig. And I think he does a lot of stuff with the Players Alliance. He's the president of the Players Alliance. So, uh, I don't know. Like, I'd be happy with the Mets. Like, he's one of the most beloved guys around baseball. Um, they're in, they're also interviewing Quatraro today, the Rays bench coach. Cro- Rays bench coach. Uh, they'll probably get it to him, right man. Kind of give tell us your secrets award. Tell us your egrets award. There's a couple trades we could touch on. All right. There is the Renfro JBJ one at the at the deadline, which I love that. Want to know why I love it? Because I've I've made up fan fiction about it. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I'll let me name the players in the trade because I did partially break it, and then you tell us the fan fiction, and we'll see what overlaps. Uh, Hunter Renfro is going to the Brew Crew. Jackie Bradley Jr. and two specs prospects are going to the Boston Red Sox. And Jim, why is that again? I have fan fiction uh, about this trade. Uh, Cora signs his extension, right? Yeah. Uh, they kind of last year they didn't know about Cora. Was they just hire him to appease the fan base and a scapegoat, and then Heim was going to get his new guy afterwards? Some thought maybe that was it. But Cora comes in, big swinging dick. Mm. Wins everyone over, gets them to the playoffs, has a lot of fun, advances them. They give Cora the extension. Cora says, I need one thing. Go get me my center fielder. Oh, okay. And scene? That's the end of it, yeah. And scene. Because Heim didn't want to bring him back at all. So. JBJ uh, had like the worst offensive year of his career last year. But Cora said, I will sign this extension, but I need one thing. Mm. You go get me my center fielder. So it's good. Great. It's good to be buddies. And that is fan fiction. That is fan fiction. Uh, I saw a good tweet. I think it was by our guy, Sungmin Kim, who said, this is the Red Sox selling high on Renfro. Renfro had a really nice year last year. He was kind of a key cog for the Red Sox. Um. And if you remember, you know, Renfro, the COVID year for the Rays, we were kind of almost laughing at him. Yeah. Like his at-bats became pretty tough towards the end. Mm-hmm. But again, weird COVID year, all that stuff. He's always had a really good arm defensively, blah, blah, blah. It's them selling high on Renfro. They're buying low on JBJ, kind of what you said. Like, JBJ's hitting last year was bad, bad, bad. Um Never been what JBJ's been about, but it was, you know, below what he's normally about. So, if they can get, if those things return back to medium, they can still use JBJ. I mean, people have seen, we've all seen him patrol center field at Fenway and in the Red Sox Uni. If they can get value out of JBJ, they kind of swapped outfielders, and then they picked up two prospects along the way. So... I kind of like that that angle on it. Like, you know, they're kind of you're flipping the flipping the coin on the outfield a little bit and you'll see what return there. 
Plus, you got two prospects. If one of them hits, you've like fully won the trade. I like it from the Brewer side a lot. And the Brewers, I mean, it's their side's kind of easy. Like, right? Like, lost the right fielder, got a right fielder. Boom. Boom. Do and what you did. Hunter Renfro is more a Rays Brewers type player. It's true. Red Sox fans aren't going to like that, but it is true. I don't have it as a knock on the Red Sox. I know they could still not like that. Like I, think- I just have them more as like an analytics pl- platoon. Uh, mm. We're gonna ring out the best of you, mm. guy. Great arm, great arm, great arm, and it was really good. Eight eight one six OPS from Hunter Renfro, thirty one homers. That's his second thirty plus homer season in the bag. Tell me everything you know about Bob Wickman. Four. Dude, you're going to love Bob Wickman. A, he was a gross closer for a little bit in the 90s. And B, I think he has half a finger. You know who his agent was? No. Dick Moss. Should have known that. Yeah. Should have known that. You really should have known that. Dick Moss. Bob Wickman only had half a finger? I bet I could butter knife some stats. I could, Jim, I could do it. Do it. The last four full seasons, so you take out 2020, 2017, 18, 19, 2021, 20, Hunter Renfro has 25-plus home runs in each of those seasons. I bet I could I could chop that down and make him with a pretty elite crew. Do it. Butter Maybe I will. A, butter knife away, man. Go then. I'm gone. And I think if you, by rate, the eight homers you had in 2020, I think that comes out to, what, 25? Four over one sixty two. Is that how the math works? I'm not like multiply guy. by three, right? Three six times one twenty. I think that's high. I think we got to get rid you, of. You're doing eight times three is twenty four. Nobody can do that math, Dave. They call you Dave. Jolly calls you Dave, and now it's throwing throwing everything out. Have throwing me. numbers at me. <laughs> He's homered at a 25 homer pace every year, at least. I can feel my brain melt when you do that. Is there anything else on the list that we need to talk about? There will be a day. There will be a day. I think it should become a running joke of the show when we talk about some of the extensions we missed. Um, We keep hinting at the Adam Frazier trade. But we talked about it. But we talked about it. Like Mariners fans, come on. Talked about it when they got Ray. We like it. Jordan Lyles to the Orioles. How much? One year, seven mil. I would love to know those contract negotiations. Because this was like the last one at the buzzer. Do you want to know what it is? Okay, and this isn't fan fiction, right? This is more fan fiction. Okay, it's more fan fiction. And this is like the uh, Roberto Perez, the Pirates. Okay. This is um, a memo from Manfred, and this is fan fiction. Mm-hmm. A memo from Manfred to all teams. And you say, hey, good or bad, big or small, rich or poor, go sign someone in the middle. Anyone. We need leverage here. Orioles gonna need you to go spend seven mil on someone. Pirates, please go spend seven mil on someone. D backs, 
You guys were awful last year. Going to need you to go spend some money, make some moves. We're going to negotiations, and we need every team on the column of did you do something and pay a guy. That's my fan fiction of why the Orioles signed Lyles and why the Pirates signed Roberto Perez when uh, they don't have to. Can I tell you more things about the Jordan Lyles contract? Mm. Um, so it's a 500k signing bonus, salary of 5.5k. So that's up to six million. So that's a six million, and then it's a one million dollar buyout after this year. That's how you get the seven mil contract. It's an eleven million dollar team option for next season. If he's good, why would they pick that up? I have something mean that I'm not going to say. But if the I only reason that team it, option's good is if they want to trade Jordan Lyles, and then the team grabbing him retains that team option. And That's I the only reason the Orioles would put that in there. And I think the benefits, luxury tax stuff. I think. Here's my yeah, thing. yeah, and I, it's kind of mean, so I'm not going to say it. All right, it sounds like you're going to say it. But you're a free agent, and yeah. you're like, you know. Uh-huh. Hey, like if maybe the Dodgers or the Rays, like if they they see something that they like, I'm doing. Maybe we'll tap into that. You know, kind of go to the next level. Mm-hmm. The Orioles call you up, and they're like, "Some of our some of our numbers really like you." You're like, "Oh no." Well, dirty little secret. That's not good. That isn't talked about. The dude who basically. Gets a lot of credit for building the Astros team is with the Orioles, the Orioles. now. So maybe it, maybe it is. Jordan Lyles, former Astros, great. Double check that. Double check that. I double check that. It felt right. Just Google. He was part of the Texas Rangers old man staff, but yeah, he came up with Houston. Jordan Lyles. Let's go. Former Astros. Great. I'm gonna Google. I'm gonna Google all those words with quotes around them. See if it's ever been typed on the internet before. No. So you're a liar. One more Jordan Lyles fact before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Jim Jordan Lyles has pitched on one, two, three, four, five, six baseball teams. Mm-hmm. On five of those six, he has an ERA in the fives. Sixteen, two years with the Milwaukee Brewers, a two six four. Bring Jordan home, Milwaukee. By via trade, maybe. Early rumors. <laughs> this year's trade deadline: Jordan Lyles By to the John Brewers. Boy Media's Brewers beat reporter Jake Storielli. Early Jordan Lyles trade rumors. Don't drop your belt. Bino tomorrow night, seven p.m. One more thing. And we have have one more ad. If you've been with us this long and you're still listening to the episode, you are a real one. And our sales department or just our company is looking for a quick favor from everyone. I'm going to read this. We are incredibly grateful for each of you in the Jumbo Media. We want you guys to fill out a survey for us to let us know how we can better do everything we're doing And if you fill out this survey, you will get a 20% discount code to the John Boy Media Store. It'll take you less than five minutes to complete. Please consider doing it to help us out. All you have to do is click the link in the survey in the description of this episode on YouTube and answer the questions, and you get 20% off our store. 
Thank you for letting us learn more about our audience so we can make this community better than it already is. Being your belt on the line tomorrow night, John Boy and Jake TV YouTube channel live streaming. Joe's McFly will be doing play by play. I will be participating. Jake will be participating. BBD will be participating. Zach will be participating. Joe's will be participating. Jolly will be participating. Shackle will be participating. And then maybe Chris McFly is the eighth spot. And that's it. That's all we got. What an episode. Love talking ball. Mm-hmm.